Welcome aboard. Oh, what a week it is for the golf show here on Sportsnet 590. The fam, Brent Gunning, Sam McKee. As always, the golf show is brought to you by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to Uncommon Performance in a Subaru with legendary, symmetrical, full-time, all-wheel drive. Sammy, I'm not going to do my normal big, long monologue where I'm tap dancing because there's just so much to talk about, and I'm so fired up. Canadian Open in town this week. You and I have been rotting on the on the uh, on the site at, at St. George's all week long. We're going to talk to the big head honcho later on. John Cavan's going to join us, but right now I say good morning to you, Sammy. How are we doing, bud? Doing great, Gunner. Uh, I'm really happy to be back uh, after a week off last week. Where oh, a little. I'm happy to be back after a uh, last week where I could not speak. We had a little pre-show meeting and we tried to talk about it and I couldn't get words out. So it's good we, we didn't do it last week. But yeah, I'm really happy. Uh, I'm just so I'm just in a golf, you know, heaven. I'm just in, I've just been walking around with a little spring in my step all week since Wednesday until now. The weekend at the RBC Canadian Open about to kick off. Great looking leaderboard. Tons of great players, uh, you know, teeing off today. And it. Honestly, it's just a 15-minute bike ride away from where I live. Like, I just, I really can't tell you how exciting this is. So, I'm really excited for today, Gunner, and the sun is shining for now, and we're looking good. So, I'm really happy, and today is going to be an absolute zoo down there, and I mean that in the best kind of way. Yeah, that's right. Hey, the weekend is always the big day. You know, Saturday's usually the first one to to sell out. Friday, uh, not long after that. And and if it if yesterday and Thursday was any indication, it is going to be be a gong show there. Uh, if you are not watching golf, hey, if you're out there at the Canadian Open, if you've loved it, we want to hear from you on the text line as well, five ninety five ninety. But as always, if you're putting a peg in the ground somewhere, we would love to know where, especially if it's somewhere nice, and then we can invite ourselves there. Uh, so if that's <laughs> happening, uh, let us know uh, on the text line. 59590 includes your name and location. And uh, again, there's so much to get into. We got to talk about this live golf stuff. But McKee, we can't do a golf show and not get a weather report. You weren't here. I, I didn't do one last week because you weren't here. It would have felt dirty doing it without you. So now I can I can throw things over to you and look at the weather. And I know we're looking at today, but tomorrow might be more important. So, I mean, the really nice thing is when I open, you know how you have your weather, your weather app on your mm -hmm. phone and it does like your location. So it tells you what the weather is in my location. It's pretty. It's a pretty big blessed move to be able to be have the location be exactly what the weather is at the RBC <laughs> Canadian Open. So that's pretty nice in my area. So today we're looking nice. You know, there's a little bit of a chance of rain. For like they always put forty percent chance of rain and a point three millimeters. It's like just say it's going to rain or not going to rain. It's such a hum and haw number, but it's looking like there's a potential for a little bit of chance of rain between four and seven today. Not a ton, so you're not going to get drenched out there. But maybe bring a an umbrella, I guess, maybe bring a little light jacket, but it's still going to be warm. 22 feels like 24. So if you're heading down to the site, you'll be fine today. Tomorrow's getting a little dicey. You know, the weather's not looking exactly perfect for tomorrow. We're more up in the 60, 70% range all through the day. Maybe some thunder showers involved. So they, they have a tough time predicting weather here. This just in, the weatherman's been wrong, but I would just keep an eye on that if you're heading down to the site tomorrow just to see what it's supposed to do. But yeah, that's the weather report. And right now, I'm looking at my window. The sun is shining. I can feel the warmth. It looks beautiful. So if you're heading out right now, it's very good. And let me do one last PSA as a guy who might not have done this uh, yesterday as well as he should have. Put on your freaking sunscreen, man. My mm. goodness. Put on your sunscreen. Arms are uh, a touch Get a little lobster. Tommy tomato. 
Yeah, a little lobstery uh, this morning. It'll be real fun when I'm rolling into Rogers Center next week, uh, filling in uh, for for Jays, and I'm just looking like a lobster. Where you been? Nowhere. Working. Uh, okay. All right. Well, you better dive into this. There's so much to get into, and we are gonna we are gonna give a full bore conversation to the RBC Canadian Open because we love it so much. We have a lot of great stories from our first two days there, but or three days. But we have got to talk about this live golf and what's going on. Mm. McKee, I don't even know where to start. Like, we don't need to get into the morals of it. We've all done that. We, we all pretty much understand Saudi Arabia bad, money good is kind of where most guys fell uh, on the moral thing. I don't know if you've got some thoughts you want to get off on that. You want to talk yeah, about well, your boy Bryson leaving I, or just I what it's going to do. I do want to get a, a bit about the moral thing. And listen, I would have said this before Bryson joined. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm not just saying this about okay. Bryson. But listen. I mean, I watch the Premier League every weekend. You know how many teams there are run by Saudi money? Like, you know, I watch mm-hmm. I watch F1 sometimes. So there's a bit of Saudi money involved. That, like, I, like, I don't know how or why people are picking, choosing where they, you know, have their moral compass. It's obviously not right. It's clearly, like, taking blood money. But it happens across all their sports and all of their walks of life. So, listen, I know it's not the right thing. I'm upset by it. But I just... I think there's a little bit too much moral high ground for some people when the guys are going over there. So that's my only thing on that. Is that a, is that a fair point? Yeah, I think I think like just to offer the pushback is that a guy who is starring for Man City is star. Um, I I don't even know if that's one of them. I know I actually probably yeah, shouldn't use any. Okay, no, no, perfect. it is. Yeah. Okay, so a guy starring for Man City, if he is showing up in ads for the Saudi Arabian government of peace and prosperity and come here, then that's the problem. And I think a lot of people think there's a very real world where Bryson DeChambeau is going to be, like, at the Saudi airport. There's going to be a 500-foot statue of him, like, welcoming you there. So, it, like, I think that's the difference between playing for some of these money and, like, taking it and using it to change their image. But I, I, I tend to be more on your side than not. Okay. I, it's blood money and it's terrible. So the next thing I kind of thought, because I had it on on, fr- on Thursday before I went to the Canadian Open. While I was had, when I was doing Real Kipper and Born, I had it on in the background. But I was locked into Real Kipper and Born, of course. Of course but I just always. had it on just to see what, the, see what the broadcast looked like. And my first thought was when I saw DJ, and I, I don't know if you've talked about this on any shows or not, but mm-hmm. it really made me feel almost sad, Gunner. I, I didn't I guess maybe DJ's the only one that I really thought this about and maybe I will with Bryson, maybe I will with Baba or Matt. Well I don't really know if I'll feel like that. Ricky, I'm happy to see him there, so I never have to watch him in the PGA tour again. <laughs> but with the with DJ specifically, Gunner, that guy has been such a huge part of our lives for so long. I watch golf, you know, eighty percent of weekends, you know, when the tour's on and he's a massive star that's been a, a two time major winner. How many times has he won on tour? He's definitely the probably you know top five player top three player of this generation he's been a huge part of our lives for a long time on the pga tour and now it just feels like he's kind of gone in a weird way it's hard to explain i know he'll be playing at the u.s open next week because they allowed it and whatever in which i understand i completely understood their their um rationale in their in their statement but I have to say, Gunner, I felt a little bit odd and a little bit sad seeing DJ on the tour. This is the only guy I felt like that with. And by the way, their broadcast was pretty cool. Kind of F1 inspired, lots of golf shots. Like if you're looking for an alternative, I don't think it's the worst thing. But DJ did really make me feel sad. Yeah, I think you you mentioned this to me the other day and it got me thinking about it. And I think the reason why is because 
for all intents and purposes, he's the bridge from Tiger to now, right? Like, there have been for other sure. guys, and Phil was part of that. Great point. But he was the one kind of mainstay in that era. You had guys who popped up, and you'd have players get hot. No, hey, remember Henrik Stenson winning the Claire Jug? Isn't that fun? And it was. Like, I love the Iceman ripping that three wood everywhere, okay? Like, it was great. <laughs> But DJ was the one constant. The guy's going to pick up a win every single year. He's going to be one of the handful of betting favorites heading into just about every major. He had the close calls, the moments that like kind of pulled us in. The fact that, I mean, this plays a part in it for us. It's kind of silly, but it does. The fact that he's Wayner's son-in-law, like it matters. He's playing with he's him one at Pebble Beach. Yeah, he's one hour open. Like, there's just so many things extra that connect it. But I think even if you don't have the Canadian connection, He's the through line from Tiger to now. Mm -hmm. He's the bridge, and it's just it really is sad to kind of see the end of of that era. And it's funny you mentioned you mentioned the U.S. Open thing. Of I completely understand their rationale. It felt like their statement almost wanted to say, "Look, if we could have prison prison sectional qualifiers, we would." Okay, like anybody and everybody is allowed in our tournament. So I, I'm right there with you that so I'm not at all surprised that the U.S. Open did what they did. So the next thing that I want to get to about the Live Tour, and it kind of is pertains to the PGA Tour, is I saw, I think I saw, it was something that I was thinking about, and I saw Daniel Rapport tweeted out, and mm -hmm. he, we've kind of got, I don't know, we've got to get him on the show. I, me and him have a similar thought process. There's things that I think, and then he kind of tweets stuff out, but anyways. Well, think had, about I, having him on the show, and then maybe he'll tweet it, and he'll come Yeah, maybe, maybe he'll text me back for once. Anyways. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um Hopefully he's not listening. Maybe he's in Canada. Anyways, uh, I just uh, where's Jay Monahan? Like, can you maybe come out? Like, you got your superstars of the game. We were sitting in on Rory's presser on Wednesday after the pro am. He's just sitting there eating questions about the live tour. Mm -hmm. JT eating questions about the live tour. All these guys just sitting there eating it. And sure, oh, you know, you could put out a strongly worded letter by Jay Monahan. Hey, maybe do a press conference. Maybe talk about this. Maybe take some questions so that these all your superstars of the game that have pledged allegiance to your PGA Tour don't have to sit there and answer six questions every press conference about it. I don't know. It's just a little bit weird to me that he has not been visible at all. And he's probably petrified. Like, I mean, the, the questions wouldn't be easy ones. He's lost some big stars here to this tour. He's probably pretty scared. But, man, get out there. Face the music. Stop making your superstars eat it. So this is kind of I, – I think when I think about that, I think this is part of the kind of problem with the way the tour is set up, right, is that he almost wants to be non-existent. The punishments they hand out, this is the most open they've ever been about punishments for a player. You know, you see guys getting dinged for, uh, you know, substance suspensions or you hear about it, but it never comes out in the wash. And the other part of it, too, is that it's always been a loose affiliation of, yes, we are a tour, but these guys are independent contractors. So it's almost yeah. the – for the players on, on the other side of it, it's live by the sword, die by the sword. Like, you want to not be tethered to us. You want to not be part of it. And then here, here's the other thing. You know, if Jack Nicholas was the, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, it might feel a little differently. But whose voice is going to carry more weight squashing this thing down? Is it going to be Jay Monahan or, great or Rory? Point, but, I just, but, but in terms you of if you're I mean. the players, no, no. If you're the players, I, I completely see where you'd be coming from. Because I was there, I watched the Rory presser with you, and then I, I was, as you put it, uh, in the church of Rory, the media center, uh, afterwards <laughs> watching, which was a great line. I really, really Thank did you. have to commend you. It was a great line. Uh, watching him and JT's pressers. And, I mean, JT was great about it. He had, he had a funny line about how, 
you know, he's going to see guys around and some of them you can joke with and some of them you probably shouldn't because they won't take it very well. So you can imagine who those guys might be on, on tour. All of them might be in live. Uh, but it, it's just it does feel like because of the way they've set it up, it's that, yeah, they are out front and center of the tour. And when that happens, they've got to got to eat it. But, yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been interesting. And I uh, I wish it happened literally any other week. But uh, <laughs> but it's been interesting to watch for for sure. And I look, we can all say it's it's bad it's blood money it's whatever we're all going to check it out at the, at the yep. very least uh, yeah like listen this weekend kind of busy next weekend kind of busy the following weekend maybe like i'm not i'm not gonna lie i'm not you know I, they probably won't have a tour they're not gonna have a stop up against the u.s open so i guess i won't have to worry about that but i'll definitely check it out the next weekend can we talk about the open yeah, let me uh, let me let me sneak in. This is as uh, good a time as any to let you know that this uh, Canadian Open update is presented by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to uncommon performance in a Subaru with legendary symmetrical full-time all-wheel drive. So your your leader all the way atop the leaderboard here. Wyndham Clark looking to go wire to wire. He goes 63 in round one, 70 yesterday. Uh, he maintains seven under. It's got him one shot clear of Smalley, Keith Mitchell, Rory McIlroy, and Matt Fitzpatrick, along with Jim Coons, who are there in uh, in tied for second position. Uh, Rory, obviously, obviously the big dog. You're you're giving me a little for my Jim Knus pr- pronunciation there. <laughs> Easy for you to say, buddy. You got a better one. You got a better no, one for me. No, I didn't no, think no, so. No, no. I didn't think so. Uh, so I mean, obviously, obviously, Rory is uh, is the big guy uh, in the mix there. And uh, this uh, this Canadian Open update presented by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to Uncommon Performance in a Subaru with legendary symmetrical full time all wheel drive. Uh, you know. There were a few moments yesterday you would have liked the Canadians to make a little bit more noise. You have some guys just kind of lurking outside the pitcher. Hughes makes the cut on the number. Connors just one above it, even instead of one over. I don't know where you want to start from our, our first two days because, man, I've just I have had an absolute blast uh, traipsing around the property. So um, I would I'll, I'll talk about um, just my favorite moment so far that I've witnessed yeah, and maybe give i can give, get your favorite moment so far but uh yesterday i i was there on fr- uh thursday friday was yesterday i was there just for a short time i was at a friend's wedding actually shout out rob wong former yeah. sportsnet 590 the fan employee got married yesterday so big shout out to him great guy had a great time yesterday so i just wanted to give him a shout out but yeah um i so i went in the afternoon just for probably a two hours or so and i met up with my parents which was really really nice uh we walked over to the ninth uh, green to catch the Canadian group and then the Rory group and then the Shane Lowry group all came through there while yep. we were there. We, we were right on the front row of the ropes. It was awesome. And so, it, first of all, it was just so cool to see those three guys together. Matt Hughes, Hadwin, and, and Mike Weir. God, does Mike Weir age or no? No. Like, Jesus, this guy looks like he's he's such a hunksome. Like, my <laughs> lord, man, you still look great. So, um, I was really impressed with how he just looked in general. He looked like he could still play on the PGA Tour. Obviously, he's getting a little older, but he looked great. And Hadwin hooped a 29-footer for Eagle on the on the ninth hole yesterday That's and awesome. sent the crowd into a hooting and hollering flurry. <laughs> People were fired up. It was getting to, you know, Greasy time. It was around two thirty. Mm-hmm. The Sleemans mm-hmm. were flowing. A few red faces floating around. Everybody was feeling good, and there was some hooting and hollering, buddy. I don't know. This is my first time covering a media event for uh, covering a golf for media, so I didn't really know how to act. 
Buddy, I cheered in the press box. I was <laughs> yucking it up. I was high-fiving everybody around me, yelling. My parents were going nuts. It was just so – I'm very lucky to be able to hang out with my parents like that and go, and you know, it was just – it was a really, really great moment to see them. Saw three magnificent golf shots from the next group. Rory, JT, and Connors were playing together. Three unbelievable shots. JT dropped one from 198 to 8 feet. And he missed the eagle putt, lipped out on him. He was very upset. But, boy, it was really cool just to see these stars at a course that we're so familiar with, that's so close. It's just really, really cool. So that would be my favorite moment so far. So to, to pick up on that, uh, this the one moment I want to highlight I didn't actually see with my own eyes, but I saw it on the wonderful broadcast. So Mike Weir, he just misses the cut. He finishes plus two. The number's at plus one. But he he stuffs it close, gives himself a birdie look on 18, and the and he's going to walk up to the green, and him and Hadwin are kind of walking beside side by side each other, and Hadwin kind of stops to give Weir the moment of walking up to the green and getting the ovation, and Weir just gives him a like, what is wrong with you? Get up here, like we are all Canadians together, and it was just awesome. Weir drains the birdie putt, not enough to get him to the weekend, but it was an awesome finish uh, moment for him. And then also just being, I was on the first tee when when those guys all got introduced and the buzz in the area is awesome because you've got the putting green or the practice putting area right beside the first tee. So Rory and JT are working there and the buzz as they come, everyone hooting and hollering. And then the Canadians get introduced and it's Weir and it's Connors and, and, and Hadwin or sorry, uh, Weir Hughes and, and Hadwin. And it was just, it was an incredible, incredible moment to see. And yeah, the, you know, it just, man, the Canadiana just flew over me. Like, I don't really know, what other what other way to say it? And then one other moment I, I have to highlight. So I'm on the I'm on the fifth uh, the sorry the fourth green and I'm behind I, I'm behind the tee and so ha- so the Rory group is teeing off. So it's Rory Connors and JT and Connors goes first. He hits his tee shot. They all think they're clear to go. And then the guy who has the like boards who does the like it's straight or it's right or it's left. Uh, Rory is about to hit and he calls Rory off. And he says, they just gave me a don't go. And they're all looking like, but it's fine down there. It's clear. And he's like, look, I just said they told me don't go. So I'm telling you. And they're like, okay, cool. Kind of weird. So then camera guys are messaging what's going on down there. Can they hit? The camera guy gets told, yeah, they can hit. So Rory hits. And then you just see like three or four sets of marshals booking it into the middle of the fairway. Stop, stop, stop. So then finally they're good. JT ends up hitting eventually. What had happened was Mac Hughes was in the fairway and he, uh, the S word, he shanked one right. And then he had to chip back out into the fairway. So Hughes was kind of uh, under fire a little bit. Nothing close to actual danger, but it was just a really, really weird moment. It was, it was kind of nice to see moments we deal with all the time out there. Oh, so, sorry, didn't see you down there. Sounds uh, like Lakeview the, number 12. Yeah, on the PGA <laughs> Tour. So it was, uh, that, that was a really fun moment, and I followed that group around. It was, uh, it was incredible, incredible. Saw Cam Smith hole out for an eagle two on five. That mm. was pretty cool. Crowd certainly got, uh, got rowdy for that one. But yeah, just uh, just an awesome day. And man, uh, one other thing I have to say that surprised me: Scotty Scheffler, exceedingly popular. I know he's a big deal. I know he won the Masters, but I was shocked at just how much of a favorite he was. Kind of even in that group with Cam Smith, I figured Smith would kind of be the people's champ there. But there was a lot of hooting for Scotty. Yeah, I think it's just the big star factor. You know, it's for sure. the one, he's the number one player in the world, right? 
That's still a thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I keep still a to thing. Keep track of it. Just cha- <laughs> it was so easy when we were kids. Yeah, it's Tiger. Yeah, it's just Tiger. a guy. Yeah, it never changes. Just Tiger. So, but Scotty, he, man, when we so we went out there on Thursday and followed him for the first. I think I followed him for the first ten holes that he played. God, just exercise, running, fighting the crowds. It was it was wild, but he was not good on the front nine. Like no. he was grinding. He bogeyed the first hole. He had a borderline like duff on the first hole. He hit his he hit his tee shot on the right side, and then he kind of like went over to the rough, and it was thick. And he he duffed it. Like he hit it probably twenty five thirty yards. Yep. And you kind of the best thing about a golf tournament, and I we talked about this, but. There is just a absolute fight in the gallery when a golfer hits a somewhat average shot to be like, oh, I can do that. Like, all the golf dads are just gnawing at each other's necks to get their crappy dad jokes off. And, hey, I did it too. Like, I, I hey, I'm not above that. I'm just saying it's hilarious to see all these golf oh, dads doing my, that. But. My, other favorite, my other favorite thing is the uh, impromptu swing lessons from all 15 handicaps while they're waiting for a group to come down. The amount of guys who are like, I'm trying to get that, that hip fire in, like, JT. Well, be about 20 years younger. That's the first step. It's just, it is incredible seeing. And it's like, again, guilty. You know what I do when I'm standing around with my buddies? Like if I'm away at a buddy's weekend and we're watching golf, you know what I'm doing? I'm working on the swing with the barbecue flipper. So oh, yeah. You got to get you gotta get it in there. That's the best swing aid in the game, the barbecue flipper. Can, we, uh, can, can yeah. we quickly talk about what a grind this must be to be a professional? I mean, yes. Listen, yes. I'm, walking, I'm walking with you know, the great unwashed. I'm not inside the ropes like you, Gunner. But, <laughs> like, so we, the walk for the for the fans is harder than the walk for the for the, the players. For because, sure. Because, I mean, these guys are walking, listen, they're usually just walking a straight line. Like, they're, <laughs> they're within 40 yards of the middle of the fairway at all times. They're not, like, straying out and going into the rough a lot. But, it's a really, really demanding. Like you think all golf, not a sport. That's the craziest take. Like it's so, so hard out there to walk up and down these hills. St. George's is a hilly, hard walk. Like it's really, really, really tough. So I just, it's a real grind for you know even the fans walking around. Let alone being locked in for four full rounds, trying to focus, making money, you know, playing. It's just, I really, really have a respect for what these guys do after just walking around for two or three days. One other, one other thing that gives you a little more respect. If you like the more time you spend, especially if you kind of pick a group to follow and you just do it is these guys, especially the top guys. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of JT, I'm thinking of Scheffler guys along those lines of just the crap they have to block out all day of just and it is not the you think it's baba buoy i'm talking about it's not that it is just you know jt's walking down the fairway and it's what are you eating what type of cliff bar is it because it's like hey we've all done it you just want something you want your little moment your thumbs up your reaction or whatever but it is just like i you know me i and it's weird for people i talk for a living but it's like we all have a moment where our social battery is just like Okay, that's enough for me. And it's like the ability these guys must have to put on the earmuffs and just completely shut everything out. It's uh, it's it's incredible because just getting stuff yelled at them and not always um, sometimes, but not always insults, just stuff for four to five hours. It's uh, it's an incredible, incredible thing to see. And I know we're going to have a good weekend here. 
So heading into the weekend here, I'm looking at the leaderboard. There's a lot of great players within three or four shots of the leader. I have to say, and we'll get into this with John Cavan coming up here in four or five minutes, but the scores are a point of pride for me. You know, yeah. seven under heading into the weekend, that, that looks good. You know, I'm so happy this isn't – I know it's stupid, and John Cavan said it doesn't matter, and he'll get after me for this. <laughs> but having it be at seven under, that's a good number. I, I don't know how to quantify that, but do you agree that seven under, like – it's a little, you know, it's just right in the sweet spot of where I would want it to be. So when I mostly agree with you, but I will okay. say that when Rory got to 21 at Hamilton, I don't look at that as a knock because it's Rory doing it. If mm. And again, no knock to this. Well, I guess this is a knock. Sorry. I doubt he's listening. You know, if Wyndham Clark gets to 25 under this weekend, it's not, you know, the greatest thing. It's the point of pride thing that you're talking about. But if it's Rory or it's any of these other guys, if it's JT or it's Scheffler, or my my new love, Sam Burns, if it's one of those oh, guys. What a player. What a player. Uh, quickly. Okay. I saw Sam Burns hit the most incredible punch scoot wedge. I don't even know what you would call it. It was like an uphill lie. He had to keep it low because of overhanging trees. Punch it like 120 right to the cup. It was just that guy is a player. Uh, my new golf love, Sam Burns. But yeah, love if you it. get one of those guys doing it then I don't think it's a it's an issue at all. But if you have the whole field kind of up at 25, yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't love it. So uh, there's one guy in the city of Toronto, my buddy Jeff, who is a diehard Oregon Ducks fan. He's like, I'm okay. going today to see Wyndham Clark. <laughs> like, okay. okay but, <laughs> so if if my boy Jeff will be extremely fired up if Wyndham Clark shoots 2,500 this weekend. So there you go. Okay. Well, I uh, I hope. I hope Jeff's not too happy. I hope he has a good weekend, but I hope he's not that that happy because uh, I have yeah. a different way I'd like to see the leaderboard uh, tuning out. Uh, as you mentioned, we're going to talk to the uh, the big head honcho uh, over at St. George's. Our buddy John Cavan's going to join us uh, coming up next year on the Golf Show. Golf Show brought to you by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to Uncommon Performance in a Subaru with legendary symmetrical full-time all-wheel drive. More Golf Show is next right here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Welcome back to the Golf Show. The Golf Show is brought to you by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to Uncommon Performance in a Subaru with legendary, symmetrical, full-time, all-wheel drive. Brent Gunning, Sam McKee alongside me here for the Golf Show. It's a beautiful, beautiful Saturday. We've got the RBC Canadian Open in town at beautiful St. George's. One thing I don't think we've talked about, McKee, that is here. Here, let's get super, super golf nerdy for a second. How well this place has drained. Now we haven't had a ton of we haven't had a ton of water on in the actual weekend, but leading up to it, the city was getting dumped on. As you mentioned, you're right in the neighborhood, so you know what it's been like. But this place's yeah. drainage has been incredible. Honestly, I was floored walking around there Wednesday. I thought it, you know, I didn't think it'd be a puddle fest, but it was uh, it was amazing how how good a condition the place was in. Better, better drainage than my basement. Anyways, I think we got John Cavett on the line. Oh, okay. We got John. Well, I won't ask you about it. I'll ask someone who actually knows. Uh, let's bring in uh, the, the big chief over at St. George's, uh, our buddy, John Cavett. I've had him on the show before. going to hear his lovely voice now. John, how are you doing this morning? I'm, I'm good, gents. Very good. Um, it's the Saturday morning. We're into the weekend now, and it's been a great championship so far, and we're, we're ready to go for the weekend, that's for sure. So I, I was kind of, you know, I was I was talking here about the drainage and you guys now I remember talking with you. You either had put in or were putting in a new drainage system ahead of this. 
I was amazed at what shape the place was in because you did get a big dumping of rain right before the tournament and walking around Wednesday, I could hardly tell by the time Thursday was there, I completely forgot it had rained. Uh, in all honesty, uh, we know there's some expected this weekend. Uh, just could you talk about the way that the course is able to handle the water that gets dumped on it? Well, we, we are lucky. I mean, the, the topography, the what's underneath the ground here is pretty sandy. So we, we the, the natural drainage is very good. And then the work that the Greens crew have done over the years just to, to upgrade and make sure that the water gets away as quickly as possible. Um, because, it, it you know, it is for, it's fantastic for a week like this, but also the, the less water that lies on a golf course, the better the quality of the turf will be. There's less chances of disease. And so, so it's not just to, you know, to make sure that when the, the Canadian opens here that we train well, it's actually just good for general maintenance of the golf course as well. So it's an ongoing program to make sure that it drains as well as possible to keep the quality of the turf as, as good as possible. So obviously, John, you're the general manager of St. George's. I mean, just from your perspective, how is it? How has your week been so far? How you know the crowds handling and everything? It's just just your general thoughts on how the week's been so far, Johnny. Well, I, I have got to say that it's it's been hugely successful. You know, you, you start off with a quality field. We've got that. We've got five of the top ten players in the world, and and the majority of them are up towards the the top end of the leaderboard and into the weekend. We've got. A fantastic partners with Golf Canada, the PGA Tour. We've got RBC who invest heavily in golf. I think there's a huge appetite from the the, the public, not just on in Etobicoke, Toronto, the GTA. There's people travelled from all over North America to be here this week. We've got the world's press here. We've got you know, it's a celebration of Canadian golf. I mean, it's not been it's three it's three years since this was held at, at Hamilton. So there's a massive appetite for everybody to come out and support it. We've got nearly 2,000 volunteers from, from, again, all over, not not just Ontario, but you know, people I've travelled from out with to come and help. Um, we had a concert last night with Flo Rida. We've got Maroon 5 tonight. It's completely sold out today. There's no availability. Um, it's, it's just a big event that I think everybody's been longing for for three years now, and it's all come together. So, you know what, in general, it's just been a fantastic week so far. Yeah, that's kind of been the the sense I've got just walking around the grounds the past few days of just everyone was really excited. Everyone knew it would be great, but it's just they pulled it off. You know, when you have three years without the momentum of doing a tournament, little things can can slip away. And that certainly hasn't been the case this this week. You know, in terms of the way the course itself is playing, you know, obviously part of the part of the appeal of the Canadian Open is that it helps guys prep for the U.S. Open next week. We know the rough uh, was thick. That was a big uh, selling point to us at the media day, as in have fun dealing with this, guys. But how, how do you feel about the way uh, the, course is, the course is playing so far through two rounds? Well, I, I think, you know, the, it's interesting. You, you want to try and set up a test that helps the players prepare for, for next week. And then that, that becomes an appeal, not just to, to play a practice, you know, to get going for the following week, the U.S. Open, but obviously for playing conditions that are pretty similar. I would say that we are probably around 85 to 90% like a U.S. Open course. Our rough is thick, maybe not quite as thick as what you'll see next week at the U.S. Open. Our greens are pretty fast, um, but we're not going to quite take it to the... I don't want to use the word extreme, but just they take it right to the edge at the US Open. We're, we're just a little bit back from that. But it's given the players an opportunity to, to test themselves, to feel pretty close to what it's going to feel like next week. And, and the, the feedback from the players that we've had is that they love it. They're, they comment on the rough, but they're not complaining about the rough. They comment about the speed of the greens and t- some of the tough pin placements, but they're not complaining about it. Um, you know, seven unders leading at the moment. One over was the cut. 
it's uh, you know with five of the top ten players in the world, you know a number of players in the top twenty, top fifty in the world. So, in real terms, to have that you know benchmark that we've set for us, um, and that will continue for Canadian Open. That's going to attract players to come and play in this event, and and that's what it's all about: creating that event that the people. It's not they're not just coming because it's it's the week before, but obviously they're going to get conditions that summer, and I think that's really valuable for for St George's for Golf Canada, for the Canadian Open, and for the PGA Tour as well. So uh, we were talking on the 18th, uh, the rough on 18, when I ran into you at the t- tournament, and I was talking to you about the finishing score, and you kind of bristled at the fact that, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter, and uh, you and Gunnar were both kind of making fun of me for this. But I have to say, and I'm not even involved with St. George's, I'm not the general manager of St. George's, but the number that it's at right now, the leader at seven, makes me feel very proud. I'm happy that it's a little lower than I was expecting. It looks great on the leaderboard, Johnny. i got to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, you know what? It's, the interesting thing about, about that, Sam, is, is that if I said to you back in 20, or sorry, 2019 when Rory won, I think he shot, what was it, 21, 22 under par? Yep. Now, nobody, no, nobody looks back at that and says, oh, well, hold on. That, what you, because Rory McIlroy won, he nearly he could have broken 16 the last round. He didn't, but he didn't opportunity. Does that detract from having a fantastic Canadian Open? Absolutely not. You know, when you've got the best players in the world playing their best golf, there's very few golf courses that you know that that can defend themselves. You know, yeah, we're seven under. You know, I don't know what the winning total is going to be. It could be ten under. It could be fifteen under. It could be somebody could go and shoot sixty-five, sixty-five over the weekend and finish seventeen under. So, uh, you know, I think what I would love to see, and I know you guys would love to see it, if somebody shoots two, three, four under for the last five, six holes and wins by a shot, it's exciting golf. Mm-hmm. You know, that that would be fantastic. That's the memories that we want to create. And you know what? If that number's not too high, yeah, maybe maybe that's quite nice for us at St. George's. But it's not a goal of ours at the start of the week or anything, that's for sure. Yeah, you let it slip at the end there, though. It would be nice if the number was around there. So I, I'm with you, though, Johnny. I mean, that's, that is actually exactly what I said to Sam when we were having this conversation. I said, yeah, but when Rory did it, it was awesome. So uh, so, so, who cares? Uh, again, we're talking to John Cavett, uh, general manager uh, at St. George's, putting on a wonderful, wonderful tournament this week with the, uh, the RBC Canadian Open. You know, I was talking to the tournament director last week, Brian Crawford, and he was saying that there's uh, some belief of, you know, not a – not a definitive rota of, okay, every five years it is this, but, you know, they're kind of building their selection of courses, and obviously St. George's is going to be one of them, if not the crown jewel of it. How would the membership feel about, look, you you don't want to host the tournament every year. I think it's safe to say that most courses, membership wouldn't want to sign up for that, but how would the membership there, do you think, feel about having this roll through once every, whether it be, I don't know, five, six years, something along those lines? Um. I think from the outset, I have to say that it will always be the member's decision, and that's important. And I know that's important for Golf Canada. They don't, they do not would not, would not want to go to a golf club that even remotely the, the membership's maybe against hosting the event because we 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 put in you know we we have nearly three hundred members here out of our six hundred that are actually volunteering this week between being chairs, vice chairs, marshalling, um, you know, so so you know. Golf Canada wants a club that has a membership that wants to be engaged and be involved in it. So the membership will always have the final decision about whether the, the championship comes back. What I would say is, is that there is a history of championship golf at St. George's. This is the sixth time the club has hosted the event. We had five ladies events back in the late 70s and early 80s. We've had Canadian amateurs here. So the, so there's a, a part of the fabric of St. George's is that 
we would like to chip, you know, host championship golf. How frequently that will be is certainly not down to myself as the general manager. It will be down to the membership. But I would be very surprised that moving forward, if, there, if there's not a continuation to have that association with Golf Canada and hosting some sort of event here, that's for sure. That's uh, that that that's well said, and of course, yeah, we'll always go back uh, to the membership. Uh, selfishly, I would very much like you guys uh, to uh, to be open to hosting it more going forward. Because <laughs> man, oh man, uh, what a treat it's been uh, having it having it right in the heart of the city. And honestly, just in terms of uh, in terms of the property and the way it's set up, it's it's been incredible. Uh, one more, I did want to get to you before uh, before before we cut out. You know, uh, St. George's this year, tremendous hosts. You're uh, you're a little familiar with next year's host, Oakdale, uh, the the site, the host of the 2023. RBC Canadian Open. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about uh, what that track plays like? I know you gave us a great uh, rundown and a great tour of, uh, of it last year, but uh, can you just tell us what uh, next year's site uh, is going to play like, things we can look forward to? Well, well, again, you've got a Stanley Thompson design there, and, and this, this one of the nine holes was done by Robbie Robinson in the 1950s who, was, who worked under Stanley Thompson. You've got a great, great footprint there. Some fantastic holes. Um, you've got you've got the logistical side of it. It's fantastic at Oakdale. You know, twenty seven holes, big clubhouse, big car park, four hundred on one side, four to one in the south. And um, so, so the, the overall logistical delivery of the event will be excellent. The golf course will be a real challenge for them. They're using four holes from Thompson, five holes from Hominick. That's the original eighteen, and they're small greens, some really long par fours. If they get the green speed up a little bit, let the rough come up like we've done this week at St George's, it's going to be a real challenge and a real test them. And again, it's going to give them a very similar, you know, sort of that that little prep week to get ready for a US Open. So I think you'll see a really strong field for it. The other side of it, which I think is fantastic, is I know that there's a huge appetite at Oakdale to deliver a successful event. The membership at Oakdale take a huge pride in their club and they will want it to be a successful. They want to be an active partner in it. And I think there's absolutely no doubt that a lot of people didn't know or don't know exactly about Oakdale because it's quite a private club. I'll tell you what, after the Canadian Open next year, a lot of people are going to be looking at that and more of a, a new appreciation for what is a, a fantastic club and another Stanley Thompson gem, that's for sure. So last one for me, John. And if you're heading down to the RBC Canadian Open today, i got to ask you, if you're heading down there as a patron, where would your favourite spot to be? Where would you go for a couple beers? Well, obviously, as the general manager, I will not be having a couple of beers, James. Just live in the world of, of us, I guess. Exactly. Well, maybe not I love us, but the fans. I love that. Uh, I, would, uh, my, my, I think there's some great little vantage points. I think straight away you come in, if you go to the first green, you can get your first green, 10th uh, green, second tee, and the 11th tee is a nice little area there that you can catch a lot of the golf coming through. You then head along the second, you get second green, third tee, which is the iconic par three down the hill, and you, you can watch the ball in the air the whole time. You can see it. You also see the sixth, which is another party coming back towards you. And then you've got the drive off the seventh, which is slightly uphill, uphill, fantastic par four. And you can you can see the you know the, the, how good these guys drive the ball at the moment. So that, there's two vantage points. Then, let's be honest about it, you get to 16, the wrinkle. 17's a fantastic par four. Dog legs slightly downhill. And then 18, back up the, whole, the hill. So there's about two or three points in the course where you can pick up at least three holes, sometimes four, without having mo- having to move too much, which means if you have got a beer in your hand, you don't have to walk too far. So um, <laughs> it's, there's some real good vantage points there that you're going to see some, some tremendous golf. And looking at the tee-off times today, some of the pairings and later on, and uh, it's you know what? What a day to be at the Canadian Open. What a day. That's a beautiful thing. And as a... 
accredited media member, I would never consider a beer in my life, John. So just wanted to make sure you knew that, you know, that I would never consider a beer. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, thanks. Uh, Johnny, again, I cannot say it enough. You guys have done an amazing, amazing job. All the partners as well. Uh, RBC chief among them, of course. But what what a uh, tournament you guys are putting on at St. George's for the RBC Canadian Open. Thanks so much for taking some time for us this morning. Thanks, John. Thank you. There he goes. John Cavan, big chief, general manager at St. George's. And let's be honest, the accent adds, I don't know, 15, 25% credibility <laughs> to anything he says about this game. It has to help, right? I uh, I love that man. I have to admit to you. I I, I well, I we were uh, we, hey, we were we were playing. Uh, wow, we we did a whole a whole golf show and almost didn't mention golf. We played. We were playing golf the other day, and I used his little putting chipping tip uh, that he mm. did, and I I I did snake it down there pretty close, and then because I'm me, I uh, did not convert on the on the par putt. So there we go. But yeah, yeah we were at Braben, uh, right? We were right. at Braben the other night after after the um, uh, Pro-Am day. Uh, so we played there. We went, I think we got, what did we get, 15 in? 15. Uh, we got 15 the, yeah, in. the dark kind of took us over. And But I will say that's, I mean, another PSA. Uh, that's a great course. If you've never played it, if you're in the city of Toronto, you like a link style course, really good value. I think it's around, what, 62, 63 with yep. a cart. It's a really fun course. Lots of different types of holes. Really playable. I, I, I love that place. I, I really I, do. For, so I just, if you like reason, it, I always play well there. I don't know what it is. I, I always go in and I'm like, this isn't set up well for me. For some reason, I have that thought. And then every single time, I uh, I, I feel like, oh, that, that went much, much better than I thought. I actually would have uh, – we won't, we won't say what the number is here, but I would have uh, – if I would have parred out, which wasn't going to happen. But if <laughs> I would have, I would have uh, hit, the, uh, hit the personal best there. So uh, we mm. did have something going, going at Bray Ben. There we go. Uh, uh, no, no shout outs for the new swing coach yet. We need to see more concrete <laughs> results before, uh, before he gets, uh, he gets shout outs. So I'm just checking the, I'm checking the live leaderboard right now, uh, for the, the RBC Canadian open. This will be great for the podcast, but our boy Mackenzie Hughes through nine is three under minus making two a move and Nick Hardy making a big move. He's five, he's five under through 10 today up to tie. Uh, he's in a tie for eighth. So he's really making a big move today. So. Those are the first two guys on the court. What's your plan for today, Gunner? What do you think? What are you uh, What are you going to follow? Who are you looking for? Any spot you're going to sit? I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna pick a group, kind of tr- uh, follow them around. I've been. I've. I've loved everything I've done this week, but I've been very stuck. Not stuck. I'm. I'm. A, I'm of free will. I can do whatever I want, but it's just the way it's gone. I've been very stuck on the front nine. I, I got to get out to the back nine uh, a little bit. I mean, I've seen it all. We, uh, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the show. We actually, we got to play there. So I have seen mm. it all and experienced it all. But I've been really stuck in that, like, kind of three, four, five, six, seven, eight loop. I, those, are the, those are the holes I've been, just because my move for the first few days with these kind of jam-packed feature groups is to kind of jump ahead, see the first group, watch them all roll through, Go jump ahead, kind of watch them all go through again. So that's what I've been doing, but I've so, been just kind of stuck in that front nine. So what John mentioned there when I asked him is what I did yesterday for a little bit. I was on, at 16 watching some tee shots, and then right behind the rink hole is yep. the 15th green, and it's a great spot to get really close. I mean, I, the, the crowd's going to be different today, so I was very close to the first two days, but it's a nice high green 
where like they shoot up to so there's a chance for the ball to fly over you'd be right in the action like it's a great sort of vantage point and from there you can mosey on right over to the 17th green as well so it's a really good spot that john mentioned if you're heading down today the 15 16 17 area is really really good and the 18 man 18th man it's there can't be many nicer holes in canada or the world than that you know you get that chance to walk across the fairway when because that's how you have to to get across the main cog you kind of just like turn and look up with that gorgeous clubhouse in the middle. Classic Stanley Talk. Hill. It's yeah. like, oh, 18? We're putting a hill in there, baby. Going up that hill. <laughs> well, it is funny. It, it is funny that like I love that it bounces all over and it goes to all these different places. And it is not like, look, would I be would I be crushed if it was at St. George's every year? Absolutely no. not. But it's great. The members have all be. these different. Yeah, they would be. But it'd be great if we have <laughs> that. We have all these different venues. But I do love that. It, that is quickly becoming. And it's because Stan the man. That's how he designs his courses. But it is quickly becoming the signature of the Canadian Open is you're going to walk up this widowmaker of a hill to get to the clubhouse. And, uh, <laughs> and, it, well, and here's and, the thing. At Oakdale, too. It's a yep. combo of Stanley Todd. It's like the alt, it's like down a hill, river, <laughs> hill. Like it's, like, it's like a hill. Oh, we're going to combine. What else does Stanley Todd's like? A decision. Yeah. Oh, you got a decision in a hill. There's that's this classic Stanley Thompson move. Anyways, it, it, honestly, people are listening are like, "What are you guys talking about?" Well, but, yeah. here's the thing. Look, it's the golf show, and if I can't if I can't espouse my love for uh, for the great <laughs> late uh, Stanley Thompson here, I don't know where else yes. I'd be able to. Good point. How many? Here's the other thing. How many times you and I we like to get out? We like to play some different courses. I always like to keep a new a list of all the new plays. I mean, I actually do have a list of the every golf course I've ever played in my life. But I always like to keep a list of the new ones I play each year. And it is amazing how often I'm playing a place and go, wow, really like this. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's originally Stanley Thompson. He must have designed 85% of the golf courses in this country. He was busy. There, there are tons of other great designers like uh, Doug Carrick. He's made some, uh, some of the stuff up at TPC as well, and I believe <laughs> Copper Creek. Uh, so that, that's been great there. And uh, a ghost just took over the show. But no, I, think we're, I, think I, was, I had now. the leaderboard open, and like all of a oh. sudden, an autoplay ad. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Anyways, I had to exit out of it quickly. So yeah. as I'm looking at the leaderboard here, what we let's make a pick here, Gunner. Let's make a pick that's going to be immediately not, uh, you know, not evergreen. But what are you thinking heading into this weekend? Lots of good players within within the within striking distance. I uh, I think I think my new love, Sam Burns. I think mm. I think he's hot. He's a shot maker. Just knows how to get his ball in the hole. That's uh, that's a guy I'm looking at. You know, you know personally. If I can't have a Canadian, you know, I want Rory to win because mm-hmm. I mean, wh- who wouldn't want that? Honestly, it's great Boy, for our national open. The Church of Rory, champion. if he wins, they'll be pre- they'll be testifying in there if he wins. Anyways, continue. <laughs> yeah. For, first question: How are you so great, uh, Brent? Gunn? Uh, no, I mean that's my that I I do I do like Burns. I just think he's. He's shown the ability to really, really make some shots. And here's the other part of it. This could go completely against it. He has been spraying the drive a little bit. And if he's able Mm. to be there while he's spraying his drive, you know, these guys can figure something out overnight in a heartbeat. You could say this will stick around all weekend. And, hey, maybe it will. Uh, But Burns has – he's playing well. And it's like feels like there's a very fixable thing uh, that, that could help him play even better. So I like Burns. Okay. Uh, that's a hot group teeing off at 110 today at St. George's. Man, Scheffler and Sam Burns, people down there, this would be treated to an. This is going to be an absolute treat. Those guys, Gunner, those guys are like roommates by the end of this. They played together for the first two rounds, and now they're going to play together again today. That's and weird. and Sam Burns beat him in a playoff a couple weeks ago too. That's so right. it's like they've been, they've been playing a lot of golf together. Um, <laughs> this could be you and me by the end of it. Uh, 
I'm going to go with the Irishman. Give me Shane Lowry. I love Shane Lowry. I would really, he's the type of guy, you know, because we take pride in this sort of thing. We want cool, fun guys to hold, you know, the trophy for the RBC Canadian Open. So oh, yeah. give me Shane Lowry. I love Shane Lowry. I saw him make, an, uh, make a birdie yesterday on nine. Really nice with the crowd. Seems like an absolute beauty. So give me Shane Lowry to win the Canadian Open. Uh, he would be a very popular winner. Followed him around a little bit on, uh, on Thursday. People and, yeah. love him. Yeah, I like to give a good hearty Shane Lowry. I'll, I hear, uh, Shane I hear a lot of those. Oh, yeah. Way to go, Lowry. Yeah, a lot of those. Uh, I'm sure there'd be a dude in a Kyle Lowry jersey uh, yelling at, at <laughs> Shane Lowry uh, to, to play well uh, this weekend. Yeah, I, I'd love to see that. And I, I'm with you, McKee. Just just give me a winner that, that matters. Please, please, yep. just give me a winner that matters. It's a great championship. Uh, one, one other spot I did want to highlight. Back of fifth green allows you mm. to see the balls coming into the green there. And then if, you, if you're if you on the kind of right part of the hill, you also have a great vantage to the short par three-sixth in there. So you kind of get – Was it yeah. 190? No, no, that one actually – well, yesterday it was playing beastly because they had the pin all the way at the back. But uh, that's the that's a, like, regular uh, 150 par, par three. And, again, let me just do my PSA. Not for the Canadian Open. You can set it up on the PGA Tour however you want. In my real life – we gotta we gotta chill out on the long par threes, okay? Mm. I got no problem with them once in a while. I like it as a test, okay? That's fun, but we need to cool it with every par three being like 185, 190, two bills. Can't have it. I will not have it, and I'm gonna keep fighting the fight until it stops. If I was Stanley Thompson's son and I was designing courses, Sam Thompson, there would be Sam Thompson. There would be a four par four par, four par threes, one one thirty. 1160, 1180, 1200. That's how I would do it. How do you like that for course design? I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I do, okay. you hate it. I do love a little a li- once in a while the shorty that we got at Braben the other day, the old the old 90 yarder. I Pitch. do like it once in a while. I like it. I know. I know. I am who I am. All right, buddy. Uh it's been a ton of fun. I'm sure I'll see you out there this weekend. If you're out there this weekend and you see the golf guys, come say hello. Say hello. And as always, the tax line 590 590 include your name and location. The golf show is brought to you by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to Uncommon Performance in a Subaru with legendary symmetrical full-time all-wheel drive. Thanks so much for listening. It's the Golf Show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.